Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. Good early afternoon, everybody. I had a hell of a night last night. I woke up a little bit groggy. Um, we had, I had my big fantasy money league this weekend last night, um, and it went pretty well. Um, I do here have a special guest on this podcast, and this is episode 26, so I'm kind of thrilled. We have a writer uh, for sportsethos.com, a football writer for us, uh, Ray. Ray, if you want to introduce yourself, bud. Sure. Uh, hey, JP, thanks for having me on. I know it's a cliche intro, but uh, loyal listener, uh, honored honored guest. So thanks so much. Uh, yeah, one of the newbies in the Sports Ethos uh, writer's room. Um, so yeah, looking forward to getting into it with you. Awesome. And, and, and Ray, I do appreciate you jumping on this. You know, all my buddies. So let me tell you guys a little bit about this league. I did mention, you know, a little bit about it in my previous uh, episode, but this is like, this is the league. Right. These guys have been we've been drafting together for this is our 16th year. Every manager in this league, you know, has has been around for at least six to seven years. Um, majority of us, however, have been around for all 16 years. So we know each other's, you know, draft strategies. Um, we grew up, we're best friends. We know the teams that we like, the players that we're targeting. So for me, you know, I love these guys, but these guys are literally my kryptonite because every single time, Ray, I feel like I get sniped. Do you have any leagues that you feel this way? Oh, yeah. It always feels like the ones that snipe you the most end up right next to you in the draft position, right? Yep. It always always kind of turns out that way. But that's <laughs> that's also the, the fun of it, right, is that you've been in this league for however many years and uh, you build a rapport, you build a, a rivalry with these guys. So yeah, uh, sounds like, you know, I have, I have one my, of my own that I've had for, for 14 years uh, going now. A lot of people have been, you know, uh, through the, the early years and uh, all the way stuck around through now. So yeah, um, sounds like, uh, sounds like, you know, the, the one that you really want to hammer down when it comes to getting your draft right. Absolutely. And, and it's funny that you said, you know, the ones that always snipe you draft around you, that was actually, um, one of our buddies, one of my buddies, Austin, he, he's like my kryptonite in terms of draft strategy. He tends to snipe me constantly. And, uh, I actually pulled pick number nine and he was pick eight, but I traded out of nine and I went I, down. To I two. saw that on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> and I got 50 bucks too, though, to move down to two. So I was, I was happy to do it just because, you know, I liked the two spot more, but I also wanted to get away from Austin in terms of, of having to draft against him. But um, let's go ahead and let's dive right into this, guys. So what we're going to do here is we're going to go round by round, and we're just going to kind of pick a few names um, from each round and say, you know, whether it was a reach, whether we really like that pick. And we're just going to kind of spitball this episode. I think it's it's good um, for you guys as listeners to kind of listen to this and, and, and listen to where some of these guys went and kind of prepare that way for your draft. Because like I said before, all these managers in this league really know what they're doing. Um, there is a, a few reaches here, which we're going to talk about, but I did, you know, ask clarification some for some of these reaches um, to my buddies, you know, why, what was your thinking about this? So I, I have a little bit of insight with that too, for some of the reaches, but um, let's go ahead, Ray, and let's get started. Let me just pull up real quick. The, uh, la, 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 the draft here. Sorry. I should have had this up. Let's go to draft results. All right, cool. So, Right, you have the draft in front of you, right? I, I yes, I do. Okay. And uh, I guess just for the listeners, uh, this is full uh, point PPR redraft, and uh, I, I I'm going to be talking about it in terms of uh, PPR ADP, uh, just for reference. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So, like Ray said, full point PPR, twelve team league, a uh, redraft league. We do play with three wide receivers, two running backs, and a flex. So keep that in mind as we kind of read through these names. But you know, I'll kind of start with round one, and um, you know. I'll tell you my, my mindset, you know, I've having the two pick here. I had to go Christian McCaffrey, um, full point PPR, getting that 50 bucks, which is a portion of the buy-in really helps. Meaning like it doesn't sting as much if Christian McCaffrey were to go down with injury. Um, if you guys are loyal listeners to this podcast, you know that the, Christian McCaffrey scares me. However, his ceiling is just way too high for me to have left that on the table. Um, in terms of round one, my favorite pick, I think, in round one here, guys, I love Justin Jefferson at three. I, I I just don't think the value was there in terms of anybody else. I mean, you could have went Eckler, right? You could have went a running back there. But 
the way that this draft tended to shake out, taking that wide receiver there was not a bad pick um, because it seems like he got pretty good value later on at running back. But I love the Justin Jefferson pick there at three. What do you like most, Ray? Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm normally uh, a big you know running back in the first round, but the the one that jumped out to me was was seeing Jamar Chase go uh, ninth overall, um, especially after uh, CD Lamb, uh, Cooper Cup, and, uh, and and Justin Jefferson, as you mentioned. Um, I think there's just you know too much too much upside in that in that uh, high powered um, Bengals offense to you know be able to get him at wide receiver four is a is a steal there at nine in my opinion. Yeah, and Austin, the guy that picked there at eight, when he took C.D. Lamb, he's like, I'm going to reach for him. He just, I mean, I think he had him last year, too. He, The guy's explosive, as he said. You know, C.D. Lamb is a really good wide receiver to have. But my most shocking pick here was Mike Evans going going 10. Um, yeah, I'm with you on that one. I, I, uh, that, We all I really couldn't believe it. We all couldn't really believe it. I mean, I had, I was targeting him, hopefully, to fall to me late in the second round. Yeah, JP, you know, with with Evans, uh, you know, going before guys like Diggs and uh, Devontae Adams, that that jumped out to me immediately. He's normally um, uh, uh, an ADP uh, 26th overall in PPR uh, wide receiver nine, and he went at 10th overall. Um, you know, I, there's the the lingering hamstring injury. Uh, there's also a, a crowded target tree now with uh, Julio Jones joining the, the fold. Uh, Russell Gage, who you know, albeit hasn't been practicing lately, but uh, assuming that he does get back in, um, and then obviously Chris Godwin uh, recovering from that torn ACL. But you know, yep. he the fact that he hasn't gone on pup yet is a good sign. He hasn't been officially ruled out for Week One, so. Um, that's where I especially feel that, you know, Jamar Chase going right before him is, uh, is a, is a much better value. Uh, and, and yeah, definitely the reach of the, the round was Evans in my opinion as well. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's got, that, that has to be the reach. And then, you know, I'll just finish off with round one, round one, finish with Najee going 11 and then Travis Kelsey going at 12, which I don't mind taking Travis Kelsey. At, um, you know, yeah, he is up there in age. I just, I just think his target share is going to be even higher than it has been in the past. Um, so I don't mind Kelsey there, but let's go ahead and let's jump here to round two. Um, I think, you know, I was hoping, cause I, again, I had the second to last pick that Fournette was going to fall down to me here at the second to last pick in the second round, but I was thrilled to find Aaron Jones still there for me in the second round. Uh, to last pick in the second round, especially because this is a full point PPR league. Um, I thought Aaron Jones was going to go way before Nick Chubb, that's for sure. So on that point, Nick Chubb for me was the most surprising pick at uh, fourth in the second round, especially because this is a PPR league. I want to stay away from Chubb unless I absolutely have to have him in PPR leagues in terms of like I'm forced to take him because all the other running backs are gone and all the other running backs, I mean, it's like Javante Williams, Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones, and then like Swift and Mixon, guys like that. But for me, Nick Chubb was an absolute reach here in the second round. Yeah, JP, I'm I'm with you on the on the Jones pick there late in the in the second. Um, you know, you gotta love the 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 uh, news coming out from you know Aaron Rodgers saying he predicts that both Jones and AJ Dillon can both catch 50 balls this year, PPR gold. Uh, and you know, I think it is possible for both of them to you know sort of return the kind of uh, value out of the same backfield that you know a, a Kareem Hunt and a Nick Chubb, as uh, as you mentioned, can. Um, for me here. I think the biggest value that really, um, you know, I normally wouldn't think that, uh, uh, you know, with Kamara um, mm -hmm. there in the middle of the second, I think that he's getting discounted too much, uh, mm -hmm. especially with word out that, you know, his his legal issues may continue to drag on and may not result in any sort of uh, games missed due to suspension. So I think, you know, Kamara is a guy who, um, you know, is is among the, the the league leaders every single season of his career in receptions out of the running back position. And to get him here in the late second, when I think, you know, clearly his his ceiling is uh, is is mid first cut kind of value is, uh, I think, a nice grab. Yeah, I would have to agree there. I mean, Al Kamara, when he's on the field, is always the best athlete on the field. Uh, he's definitely the type of guy that you want to have on your PPR team. I'm very high on the Saints. I'm very high on them hitting the over this year of the eight and a half. Uh, I just think that defense is way too good to lose nine, uh, you know, not to win nine games, especially with 
Jameis Winston back in the fold. I and you know Chris Olave. I just think the New Orleans Saints um, are going to go overnight, even if Kamara gets suspended at some point. I just I just think that team is too good. Um, jumping over here to round three. Okay, round three um, was a pretty standard round in my opinion in terms of you know I really didn't see much reaching going on. Um, you know, Brees Hall always sticks out to me, especially with the news that he's in a full-on uh, split in New York. I don't believe it. I think it's going to start that way, and Brees Hall will get 65%, 60-65% of the carries there in New York. Um, Michael Pittman, if you listen to my show, I love Michael Pittman. I think he's an awesome pick here in the third round. Um, I went Kyle Pitts uh, with the second pick in the third round. I just want to sure up this tight end position because having an early pick is tough if you're going to wait on a tight end that you know you may be targeting, like a Cole Komet, for example, which I knew all these guys knew about. So I wasn't willing to take a chance and take, let's just say, Pittman there and then lose out on a bona fide um, tight end. You know, in my in my opinion, I haven't ranked two tight end two. Um, Kyle, oh, sorry, three Kyle Pitts. So that's why I went Kyle Pitts there in the third round. I also, well, one more thing. I, I I was a little bit shocked. I mean, it's only one spot, but I would have went DJ Moore over T Higgins. Uh, they went, you know, seven and eight in round three, and DJ Moore went second, and T Higgins went before him. And the reason why is I always would rather have wide receiver one for their teams. I understand the explosiveness of the Cincinnati offense. I don't live under a rock. However, DJ Moore has done it with some very pitiful quarterbacks, and I think Baker Mayfield whether you like him or not, is certainly an upgrade for DJ Moore this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, uh, uh, JP. The, you know, this round, no real surprises for me. I think this, if anything, the thing that jumped out was just, this is a good example of, you know, why, uh, you know, you, you should take running backs in the first couple rounds because, you know, with the, the, the wide receiver value here with, you know, Allen, Pittman, uh, Higgins, Moore, um, mm -hmm. A.J. Brown, uh, Allen Robinson, who I know you love, you know, that that's yeah. a that's a real solid uh, group of receivers there who, you know, to be honest, I would be more than happy to have as my wide receiver one in fantasy, especially in a PPR. So, uh, yeah, rock solid group there, um, you know, can't really go wrong with with any of them. Yeah. And, and just to finish with Allen Robinson, as soon as my buddy who listens to this podcast all the time, he's like, I'm going to have to take him from you. And then there he goes. He went right off the board. Um, I again, I just think Allen Robinson is is in a prove it. You know, I, I am an elite wide receiver. I just was in the wrong situation. Um, Matthew Stafford's going to get in the wall a ton of times. Cooper Cup's still going to get his shares. I just think it, it's a no brainer for me there in the last pick in the third round to take Allen Robinson. Um, going over to round four, I was pretty shocked with the first two picks here in round four. Uh, the first two picks is Jalen Waddle and Scary Terry. Um, they both went one and two here in the fourth round. And then later on in this round, Cortland Sutton went, Mike Williams went, and Deontay Johnson went. I would have rather have had any one of those one, two, three, three wide receivers over Jalen Waddle and uh, Scary Terry there um, early in the fourth. I went with Deontay Johnson, who I got, I thought, extreme value on um, second to last pick in the fourth round. You know, everyone is, I think I got a discount, just like you said uh, previously about a player. I think I got a discounted on Deontay Johnson just because of this Pickens, you know, story that's been hitting the waves of the internet and, and ESPN. Don't get me wrong. Pickens is a freak of an athlete, but he's going to need some time. All right. He's still playing against cornerback twos. He's not playing against real starters just yet. I think he's going to carve himself a role. But by saying that, what I'm leading to is. Deontay Johnson, in my opinion, is still the man to own in Pittsburgh. And for me to get him second to last pick in the fourth round, in my opinion, was a steal. Yeah, I, I even before you said that, JP, I had I had Deontay as uh, as my value here too, yep. and uh, you know, finishing as a wide receiver eight in PPR last year, only behind uh, Cup in targets. Uh, he should still approach that thirty percent target share this season, even as you mentioned with the addition of George Pickens, because I think that um, you know Chase Claypool has yet to to prove himself. 
Um, you know, the, I think that the the uh, the run game is still going to be strong with Najee Harris, but I think they're going to funnel the offense through uh, through Deontay from a passing perspective. And the thing that really surprised me as we kind of look ahead a little bit into the fifth round was that Deontay went within four picks of Brendan Cooks and uh, Rashad Bateman, who you know both I I, I love. I think they're both going to be really solid receivers, but I think they are well into the tier below Deontay just from a you know overall mm-hmm. uh, a target share perspective and. Um, um, you know, having proved, uh, uh, you know, that he can do it even with uh, noodle armed uh, Big Ben at the end of his career. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I reached, I'm the one that took Bateman here, guys, in round five, second pick. I reached on Bateman because I kind of was looking at the board and looking down, you know, who was going to be available for me in the sixth round. I knew Gabe Davis wasn't going to fall. I knew Mooney wasn't going to fall. I would, I didn't really, I mean, I like Ayuk, but I like Bateman more, but he didn't even fall. So when I took Bateman, I knew I was reaching, but that's my reason behind it, right? You always have to prepare for the next round while you're drafting. Like, meaning I was in round five, but I'm looking ahead to round six, and I knew I needed to, to solidify my wide receiver room. So I was like, you know what? I had an option. I was either Bateman or is either um, Davis, in my opinion. Um, I just went with Bateman because. I have some shares of Gabriel Davis elsewhere, and I hate having the same roster sometimes like across the board, especially if it's two players that are very similarly ranked in, in on my rankings. Now, I could have also went with um, Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, I was also targeting him. However, I, I just feel Bateman has extreme upside, especially playing with a Lamar Jackson who wants his money, who everyone's saying is not a quarterback, can't throw the ball. Give me his number one wide receiver, even though obviously Andrews is going to lead the team of targets, but give me his number one wide receiver with an angry, hungry Lamar Jackson. So I, I would probably say the biggest reach in that round um, wasn't even Bateman, even though that's a huge reach, but going seventh in the fifth round was Stevenson for the New England Patriots running. Back. Oh, yeah. That to me was wild. I mean, you saw David Montgomery on the board, right? And, and we don't even know if Stevenson's even starting. I even another reach. This is a round of reaches. I'm just looking through this, guys, as well. I'm doing this live, but Josh Jacobs is is not a reach, but I don't like him. But Clyde Edwards Hilaire is an absolute reach here in the fifth round, in my opinion. If you read anything about the Kansas City Chiefs, is we have no idea what that running back room is going to look like. He probably could have got him in the next round, even possibly in the seventh round, if he would have waited. Yeah, Ramondish Stevenson was uh, also my my biggest reach pick here. JP, the the ADP that he has in in uh, PPR right now is around a hundredth overall. So here is fifty fifth to give you an idea of how uh, almost, big of a, almost halfway of an ocean. And you know maybe it was an overreaction to the recent um, Ty Montgomery ankle injury. We know he got carted off and. Uh, Bill Belichick said, you know, they still have some some testing to do to get a more definitive answer there. But, you know, Damian Harris went almost 50 picks later in this draft. Right. So that's super puzzling, considering there's no, you know, news that uh, Stevenson has clearly jumped Harris in the pecking order there. And and by the way, I I am a Ramondre fan. I I was going to say that he he looked extremely explosive, um, especially in the games that Harris missed. But, you know, there, there, there's, there's still a timeshare there. So I think, you know, ahead of uh, someone like J.K. Dobbins, who if he starts off the year healthy, like uh, is clearly the, the workhorse there in Baltimore, um, I think is a, you know, a, a major reach on, on, on Stevenson. So, um, you know, that, that definitely, I think, uh, shocked me almost as much as Evans going at uh, in the first round. But I think, you know, considering uh considering his uh, stevenson's adp and how far later damian harris went i would say stevenson is my reach of the draft so far yeah i I would have to agree and i do agree that i think stevenson's gonna have a fantastic year however you know we don't over we don't ever want to overdraft to that point of where you're taking him you know 50 when he's going adp a hundo so you're looking at you kind of handcuffing yourself into a possible great year but it's it's that's a big risk to take, in my opinion, in the fifth round. Um, moving over to the sixth round. Sixth round, um, to me, was pretty consistent. There, there were a few guys that jump out to me here. So going with the 10th pick in the sixth round, the Devin Singletary. Um, I, I'm not a fan of Devin Singletary. I think he's going to have his games, but I think he's also going to have some terrible games. It's just kind of his M.O. Um, I, in the sixth round, the 11th pick, I took Jalen Hurts. I know you wanted to talk a little bit on Jalen Hurts. I don't even know your feelings about Jalen Hurts, 
But I knew here, if I didn't go with Jalen Hurts, I think I was going to be um, kind of screwed in terms of the quarterbacks that I was targeting. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a fantastic year uh, for Philadelphia. And it hurts my soul to say that I'm a Giants fan. Um, and it's and it sucks to have like the team that you hate quarterback because if the quarterback plays well, that means they're winning games. So um, it kind of hurts for me to have Jalen Hurts in my biggest league. But I just I just think he is he. Let's put it this way, right? They're putting him in a position to be extremely success- successful this year. And if he doesn't take advantage of it, it's his own fault. And I just think he's got too much talent. And the talent around him, like I just mentioned, is way too good for him to fall flat on his face. So um, that's my back. That's my backing for Jalen Hurts right now. JP, I've been, I've been, uh, I think we've mostly been on the same page up to this, uh, up to this, uh, sixth round here. Uh, so here's where I've been, I've been rubbing my hands, getting ready to, uh, uh, throw a hot take your way. And, uh, this is also, uh, a chance for me to, uh, just, you know, give a preview of, uh, article that, um, that, that I wrote that'll be coming out later this week, uh, about, you know, PPR uh, ADP watch where I have, uh, guys at each position to either, uh, target or fade and, and at the quarterback position, uh, uh, Hertz is my fade. And, and here, here's my perspective on it. Mm -hmm. He finished as QB eight last year has been obviously getting tons of hype and getting, you know, projected, um, his ADP right now is uh, QB seven His uh, the expert consensus rank is QB six. So people are expecting him to actually improve upon his breakout sophomore season, right? Where he, he led all quarterbacks in in rushing yards, touchdowns, uh, fantasy points per drop back. You know, it was an amazing year, but a couple things worry me here. And, and I want to preface it by saying um, in that uh, league that I mentioned earlier um, that, that I've been in for 14 years, I um, actually won the title last year with Hertz as my quarterback. So, uh, oh, you're doing him dirty now. He won you the league, and you're throwing him yeah, under the bus. You, you know what? It's 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 nothing personal. I, he took me <laughs> to the promised land last year, but I just don't think that um, right now. I feel like everyone's valuing him as if he's going to finish closer to Lamar Jackson, and I think that the 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 more appropriate floor is maybe. Uh, I know it's going to hurt. Uh, you know, hurt for you to hear because I know you haven't been as high on him because of the risk is is Trey Lance, right? So mm-hmm. here, here's here's my thing. I, I think that Hurts uh, is going to um, regress uh, a bit from a rushing perspective. The Eagles were forced to be the run heaviest team uh, because they had an atrocious uh, receiver room. Um, they obviously bolstered that, adding AJ Brown. Um, you know, trading away uh, JJ Arcega Whiteside, who was a, a second round bust. Um, and, uh, and, and Jalen Rager, uh, still remains to be seen whether he will, uh, be, a, a complete first round bust or not. I've, I've heard that he, you know, has had a promising camp, but I think that they have improved there where they won't run it as much. So I don't think that, um, you know, Hertz will, uh, match his rushing stats. So that brings us on to the passing side of the equation, where if you look at Jackson's uh, even in his non MVP seasons, he was completing uh, 64% of his passes in 30 career games so far. Hertz has completed 59%. So I think he still has a bit of work to do uh, on the accuracy side. Um, there's also the idea that, you know, uh, uh, and this is my uh, my opportunity to also plug um, Steve Vitovich's uh, 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 O-line rankings that you can find yeah. on, on yeah. sportsethos.com uh, for, for subscribers. Um, there is, you know, there, uh, an elite offensive line, a top three offensive line that Hertz is throwing behind. But even with that, his clean pocket completion rate last year was ranked only 23rd at uh, 68% and uh, passable catch, uh, uh, sorry, a, ca- a catchable pass rate uh, uh, even worse at 30th in the league. So I just think that there's too much that needs to go right from a passing perspective for him to actually uh, finish better than he did in 2021. But, you know, don't deny the talent. Um, he could very well, you know, he who knows? He could even have a better season than Lamar Jackson. That's the kind of talent there is uh, with Jalen Hurts. But I just think there's too much risk here to, um, you know, to, to, to take him at his ADP. But I will say, JP, that you actually took him uh, 10, uh, 10 picks uh, 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 after his ADP. So you actually got, I think, still a decent value. I just think yeah. overall uh, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, hesitant to invest that pick, even in the sixth round. Right. And, and to be, um, you know, to be honest, I was not high on Jalen Hurts in the start of, you know, this endeavor of podcasting. 
Um, you know, I've had guests on here talk Jalen Hurts up while I was talking Jalen Hurts down. However, over time, I'm I'm just starting to to fall in love. Like you even said, right? The offensive line is one of the best in the league. He averaged 5.2 rushes per carry. Now, obviously, I don't think they're going to have as many design design runs as they did, obviously, in the past. But that doesn't mean they're not going to do it at all anymore. I just think that they need to get him out of the pocket. So I think the the reason they know this, right? They know the stats of that he can't stand in the pocket, deliver a good ball. He needs to get out of the pocket. So that ups his chances as well of some scrambling yards here and there if they're rolling him out. I just think the talent of A.J. Brown blows the, the top off the defenses. Devontae Smith under the under the middle. Goddard, we even saw in the preseason, is going to be catching some great fade patterns because he's going to see a lot more one-on-one coverages this year. Um, yes, I, I agree. His accuracy is an issue. However, I just think you nailed it. His upside for me was just too high, and I'm not that high on Trey Lance. I think he's a lot more risky um, than somebody that has shown that he's capable of putting up great fantasy football numbers in the past. I'd rather take a shot on that than take a shot on an unproved rookie um, that seems to have more hype at this point, at this moment than a lot of QBs have had going into the, I guess you can call it his, his, his rookie season. Um, moving on. Um, where did I have the draft? So there they are. Okay. Just went through, what was that? Round six, right? Okay. Round seven. Okay. Round seven to me was pretty shocking. Um, I took Jerry Judy here, second pick seventh round. Um, I'm a Cortland Sutton guy. However, with this, in my opinion, value that I got Jerry Judy at, um, I wasn't willing to just let him slip to somebody else. I would, I want, so guys, I went after Jerry Judy. I'll just give you guys some names. Marquise Brown, Adam Thielen, Elijah Moore, Alan Lazard. Uh, and that's it for this round in terms of wide receivers. I right, give me Jerry Judy in front of those guys all day, because quite honestly, even though I am a Cortland Sutton guy, do we honestly know if Cortland Sutton is the number one overall alpha receiver in Denver? And even if he is, Russell Wilson has showed in the past that Jerry Judy, uh, that he's able to, to pepper two wide receivers um, and Seattle, which is DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So give me Jerry Judy as my wide receiver three all day long. In this round, my biggest reach, there's a few. I don't really like the Adam Thielen pick. Now, I don't think he's a bad player at all. I'm a huge Adam Thielen fan. However, he is the oldest skill player in the NFL outside of, obviously, a skill player doesn't include quarterbacks. So Adam Thielen is the oldest player um, wide receiver in the league. In terms of you know getting some play again playing time starter, will he get hurt? It's a high possibility that Adam Thielen gets hurt. He seems to do it every single year. Um, so taking a risk here on Adam Thielen for me is just way too much. Alan Lazard was a little bit of a risk, however, I think I do think he's going to be wide receiver one in Green Bay. But I do think Aaron Rodgers is going to spread the ball out a lot more this year. Um, so I think that was a little bit of a reach. Um, Dawson Knox, in my opinion, was a reach. I think you wait on tight ends. If you're going to be picking tight end around seven, it's not what you want to do guys. Um, if you're listening to my podcast right here, right now, do not pick a tight end in the middle rounds. You're just, you're just, you might as well just wait because as history has shown us middle of the tier tight ends finish with just as many points as late tier tight ends. So if you're not going tight end early, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on Judy there, JP. Uh, no problem taking him at the top of the seventh. Uh, you're right. There's no clear indication that Sutton will finish with a better fantasy season than Judy. Judy still has, you know, the pedigree, uh, great smooth route runner, and just didn't have the the chance to really shine. Um, you know, with, with Drew Locke at the helm. So I think there's a lot of opportunity here for, uh, for, for him to, to, you know, uh, uh, earn, uh, that draft position. Um, for me, I'm actually going to go, uh, a little against what you said about, about Lazard. I, I, Lazard is actually what is going to be in my article later this week, um, as a value pick, uh, uh, uh at wide receiver. So, you know, yeah. uh, his ADP, um uh has been skyrocketing uh he's going here roughly two rounds ahead of um what he uh has been uh going in uh, according to aggregated uh adp i just think that you know it's uh crazy to be able to get um 
you know, if, if I get, if you had a blindfold on and I didn't tell you uh, Lazard's name before, and I asked you, um, you know, what if I told you that you could get a receiver who is the clear cut number one on his depth chart? He catches balls from a four time defending MVP and who's all pro left tackle just finally got activated off the pup list and in, in David Bakhtiari, right? Uh, that and who's one of the best block pass blockers in all of football. Like I would take, I would say, yes, give me that you know, a uh, hundred times out of a hundred, um, especially if, if, if it's in the later rounds, uh, there's just too much potential here. Um, I, I have a lot of stats that you'll, you'll see in my, in my article, but one of the things that I, you know, uh, that I saw was, uh, you know, he makes a lot out of the opportunities that he receives. Like Lazard didn't get, um, you know, uh, he wasn't a target hog because of Devonte Adams, but he still was, uh, when, when, when Rogers targeted him, uh, his QB rating was six best in the NFL. Um, he just makes a lot out of uh, not very much. And I think that with a lot of rookie receivers, uh, inexperienced guys, Amari Rogers is still, you know, only a second year guy. Randall Cobb is getting up there in age. There's just going to be a lot of, of opportunity, I think, for Lazard to uh, get more looks, uh, get peppered with over 100 targets. And I think that's going to happen. And uh, Rogers, uh, uh, Aaron, that is, ha has been very public in in talking him up. So I'm, I'm going to buy into that and, and think that, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of value to be had here with Lazard. Lazard. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. I think Lazard is a value pick, um, but I just probably would have maybe have waited to the next round um, to see if he would have fell. Not saying he would have fell, so I don't know the the reasoning behind um, my buddy's pick here, but I'm pretty sure that he took Alan, Alan Lazard because he felt like somebody else was targeting him in the next round or later in this current seventh round. Um, so, but I agree. I think out of all those ones that I mentioned, I think he's less of a reach compared to. Adam Thielen and Dawson Knox in the seventh round. I'm going over to round eight. I hate round eight. This is an ugly looking round. If I'm just going through the names here, um, you know, Jacoby Myers, in my opinion, was probably the biggest reach here um, in the eighth round. He went fifth pick eighth round. Um, I don't like Christian Kirk because I just don't know what that Jacksonville receiving room is going to look like. Um, Brady's 107 years old, but he's always a good fantasy player to have on your team. But I just don't think I would have took him here in the eighth round. I do like the Chris Godwin pick here. Um, where he went, what did he go? Seventh pick here in the eighth round. I know, I understand he's coming back from injury. I, I really, really get it. But just like you mentioned before, he's yet to even be put on the pup list, which means that he must be feeling and running fantastic or they would be cautious with him, right? Why would you rush your future top receiver because in my opinion Evans is obviously the top guy still there but why would you risk him really messing up his leg and forcing him back into the first couple of weeks when you are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you are going to be winning games with or without Godwin um obviously he gives you a better chance to win but they're not rushing him back and it doesn't seem like he is in, in any pain um he's running well all reports are saying um another my pick here I went with DeAndre Hopkins um, round eight, pick 11. And my reasoning for that is I reached on Bateman. I have Jerry Judy, which we're not sure about. And I knew looking at my next pick who I was going to go, I was going to go Kadarius Tony, which I went in the ninth round. And I'm not really sure about him either, right? I just like his upside. And I was going upside, upside, upside. But I wanted to protect myself with that upside with a guy, elite wide receiver that's coming back week seven that I can plug in at my flex um if tony doesn't be the uh, is not the guy that i think he could possibly be in new york um i just think that the the upside here from week seven on having deandre hopkins as your flex player um i can literally what i'm aiming for guys in my first six weeks is going 500 if i can go 500 and then get deandre hopkins back i'm golden for the rest of the season so that was the kind of my mindset there with deandre hopkins yeah, uh, Jacoby Myers was also puzzling to me here. I mean, listen, I I do think that he is going to earn a decent uh, target share there in in New England, but for him to go ahead of some of the guys that you mentioned, plus Hunter Renfro, yeah, uh, like right I like the Renfro him. pick, like the Renfro it, pick. Yeah, it's it's weird, right? Because they they have essentially a similar role, uh, 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 except you know Renfro's in a, the more explosive offense. So why you know why would he why would you take him before, especially um, you know they're in the AFC West? I think they're just going to be in nonstop shootouts and, and high scoring games. So um, that was also puzzling to me. Um, yeah, the, the 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 other two guys that really uh, you know uh, uh, jumped out to me were two of the one 
two of the ones that you just mentioned, right? I think it was very interesting to see Godwin and Hopkins go so close together when mm-hmm. um, Godman may, Godwin may not miss any games uh, right. necessarily. And uh, New Hopkins is out for uh, six games uh, for his PED suspension. So, um, you know, it was interesting to see them go that, you know, so close together. I think that they're, that, you know, for both of them, it is major upside, like you mentioned here in round eight. Um, you know, uh, uh, for the for the playoff run, I think to get Hopkins back healthy and you know ostensibly rested after uh, six uh, six weeks yep. off uh, is gonna is gonna be huge for you. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's why you build the the depth early so you can afford to um, you know buy some lottery tickets later in the uh, in the draft. Yeah, and, and that's exactly that. You, you that's well said. You know, I'm buying extreme lottery tickets from this point on. I mean, if you. And we'll get to that as we keep moving forward. All these guys that I'm kind of picking from this point on are just extreme upside type guys. Um, I just love the fact that, you know, Hopkins is coming back in week seven and I got him in the eighth round. Um, going to round nine, um, this round is, 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 was obviously you mentioned before Damian Harris going in the ninth round. Um, is, is shocking the value there. I mean, you're, you mentioned before he is still running back one in New England technically in, in terms of depth chart. So you might as well take a stab with him uh, at him here in the ninth round. Um, George Pickens, I think, went way too early here in the ninth round, in my opinion. I hate Antonio Gibson for the reasons that you can just log on the internet and just search Antonio Gibson. I agree with all of those. Um, Cordell Patterson, I'm not a fan of here in the first pick in the ninth round. Uh, I think Tyler Algier is going to carry the ball pretty often in Atlanta which takes away Cordell Patterson's rushing upside a little bit. Um, he's a pounder, Tyler Algier, so Cordell Patterson may not see any goal line work. Uh, and I, again, I picked Kadarius Tony, second pick, ninth round. And again, the reason why, I understand the risk with Tony. However, if they can use him and find a way to use him in a Debo-like role, get him involved in space, get him out in space, end arounds, screen passes he's guy is absolutely explosive and he had times where he shined last year and showed his explosiveness so i am absolutely willing to take a shot with that explosiveness here in the ninth round knowing that i have backup on its way coming week seven with deandre hopkins yeah nothing nothing too major to add there uh jp the the only thing i'll comment on is and, and you know in my article i am going to cover gibson as one of my adp fades uh although here in the ninth round i think it's just an example of where you have to just kind of read the room and you know sometimes things will you know happen where you kind of have to adjust your your uh you know your inclination to take or not or to pass yeah. um gibson's adp right now is uh, at RB24, fit going 55th overall. So here in the ninth round, I actually don't mind. Um, right. Again, we just talked about, um, you know, wide receiver lottery tickets there in the in the previous round in round eight. And, uh, you know, going at the r- end of round nine, I think that, yes, it's possible that Brian Robinson Jr. is going to eat a significant part of that, um, you know, uh, the backfield touches there in Washington. But, you know, Gibson is still really talented, right? There's still a potential for him to, you know, recover from what has been a pretty disastrous um, preseason. But uh, here in here in late now round nine, I don't mind it, uh, but I do not like him at uh, the the current ADP of 55, uh, 55th overall. Yeah, and, and you make a good point there too, right? Taking a flyer, right? That's exactly what this was. This is a flyer on a running back that has extreme potential. He just can't put it together. Right, this guy came out as a wide receiver, not a running back. With that being said, round ten, I took Brian Robertson Jr. with the eleventh pick in round ten. But even more shocking is JD JD McKissick went before Brian Robinson went in the tenth round. Now, if the reports that we're reading are true, and you took a flyer, let's just say on Gibson, you're hoping, right? That Gibson is extremely involved in what? The passing game, right? So where does that put J.D. McKissick? On the bench, okay? Ryan Robinson, if we think he's going to be what he is, is going to be the running, the rusher in Washington. And Gibson, if we're reading is true, is going to be the third down guy in Washington. He's still an elite receiver out of the backfield, I believe, Gibson. I just think his talent as a runner um, is lacking. And that's why Brian Robinson, in my opinion, um, is going to have a very good season for Washington. Um, another kind of shocking pick. I don't like taking Odell Beckham Jr. this early. 
He doesn't have a team. He could be out just as long as Hopkins is, if not longer, uh, and could be put on a stack team in a bad situation. You just don't know with Odell Beckham Jr. I was targeting Kenneth Gainwell. I love Kenneth Gainwell. I think he's going to be very, um, very good this year for the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, I hate saying that team name, but I do like Gainwell um, this year. Another little guy I like here is round, in round 10 is Tyler Lockett. I understand the quarterback situation is uh, not the best with Geno Smith. However, Geno Smith is a capable quarterback, okay? He's not throwing with his feet. He can throw the ball. He's capable. And I think Tyler Lockett's skill set, play action, big plays, round 10, boomer bust type of guys anyway, you might as well take a shot at Tyler Lockett here in the 10th round. Yeah, the only thing I'll add here uh, on on round ten is, uh, yeah, again, I I don't I don't mind uh, in full point PPR McKissick going before Robinson Jr. Uh, I, the only thing is in the following round, uh, you know, you see a guy like James Cook go, uh, just you know, also going to be in a in that you know uh, passing uh, running back role, but uh, on a more explosive offense, so I would have preferred that, but uh, don't have a problem with it. I think this is more just uh, you know uh, more an, an implication on on how far Gibson has fallen that, you know, JD McKissick, Brian Robinson Jr. And Antonio Gibson going within a round oh, of each other is yeah. pretty, pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, that, that, that is pretty shocking. And, and it, it lends itself well though, to this podcast you can kind of just roll right into it. All right. We're going to give you guys another, what do we got? Four more rounds, three more rounds. Um, round 11. Uh, I had the second pick in round 11. I went with Nico Collins. I'm high on Nico Collins this year. Uh, I just love, again, this is an upside type of guy, right? I'm taking lottery picks at this point. Brian Robinson Jr., lottery pick. Nico Collins, in my opinion, lottery pick. I think him and his quarterback, Davis Mills, are trying to mesh, mesh with each other. They're both second-year guys. Don't get me wrong, Brandon Cooks is the guy to own in Houston. However, you know we're one injury away from Nico Collins being a certified wide receiver one uh, for the Houston Texans this year. Romeo Dobbs went here in the 11th round. He's another guy that I don't mind having here. Again, lottery tickets. You got to think lottery tickets, like I just mentioned. Kenneth Walker, the third one here. Another guy, a lottery guy. You mentioned before, James Cook. So now we're going to, we're starting to see type of extreme upside guys with risk. However, I think my upside in Nico Collins comes with less of a risk than taking a guy like Romeo Dobbs. Yeah, I'll plug our man John Rintel's article recently on best ball values and how he loves the the Texans as a value stack. There, I think you know Davis Mills is is very underrated, and I've highlighted myself how I like Brevin Jordan as a as a. As I a love player. him too. Yep. A, yeah. So yeah, I think you know Collins brings that you know big bodied receiver profile to the Texans to complement the the field stretching. Uh, uh, nature of uh, Brandon Cook's game, so I, I think there's a a lot of uh, improvement to be had here in in Houston this upcoming season. Uh, love this, uh, love this pick uh, as a as an upside pick. Yeah, and 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 Isaiah Pacheco went in this round too. Something tells me that a lot of these guys are on their cell phones looking at you know sleeper value picks late in fantasy football um, because here we see Romeo Dobbs and we see uh, Pacheco both coming off the board here in round eleven. Heading over here to round 12, we're getting to kind of slim picking. Everyone was really getting, you know, you know, biting their nails and really looking deep into their um, into the, the the free agent pool that was still left to be drafted. Um, I had the second to last pick, 11th pick in round 12. I went with Sky Moore. Again, why not? Okay, lottery pick. Sky Moore could technically still be wide receiver one in Kansas City. I'm going to take a shot on him here in round 12. I do like Julio Jones also going here in round 12. I do love Tyler Algier. However, that's another um, possible. Let's look at who's going, you know, late in fantasy drafts that are sleepers. Uh, Ashad White, I do like here in the 12th round. I think his pass catching ability is unbelievable, and Tom Brady knows it. He could be like a White from New England um, or Deion Lewis in New England uh, in terms of being that receiving back that Tampa Bay wants to run here. Um, Leonard Fournette is not getting any younger. They may want to save his legs. I understand. Leonard Fournette's PPR value is very high. I think he believe he, I believe he finished as running back six last year in PPR points. Um, but I do believe that they're going to want to save him a little bit so he's nice and fresh for the Tampa Bay playoff run. 
Yeah, here in round 12, I, I don't love uh, the Mike Kosicki pick. Uh, he's going to have a, a diminished passing game role. They're already saying that he's going to be doing a lot more blocking, and he's even been in you know trade rumors, so uh, a bit risky here. Um, the one I do like as a value is actually James Robinson um, yeah. going here uh, in, in ninth in the round in the twelfth round um, at one hundred forty first overall. I feel like it, it's kind of like playing with house money. You know, at worst he misses a game or two as he continues his recovery from that torn Achilles um, that he sustained la- late last season. But he should get at least I think forty percent of the running back touches in sort of a, a Melvin Gordon role. Uh, Gordon who went a couple rounds before him, um, uh, and I think he could challenge for half of that of that workload if he returns to form um and again you know you kind of have to uh, throw a lot of what happened with the Jags last season out the the window because of of the disaster that Urban Meyer was. I think Doug Peterson gets them back on track this year, and um, you know Trevor Lawrence uh, should take a, a step forward and and help help lead that offense. So I think there is some uh, good value here uh, late in the twelfth. Yeah, and he's one injury away from a player that's coming back from injury from being your running back too, right? So I think James Robinson is great value there too. I didn't even see that name. Do like that pick. Um, round 13, I had the second pick in round 13, and I went Traylon Burks. Again, I'm taking rookie upside here. Um, might as well take a shot on the Tennessee wide receiver who caught his first uh, NFL preseason touchdown as well last night. Um, so I went with, again, lottery. Why not? Take a rookie. Could have extreme upside. Um, another pick that I don't really like, and he's very highly ranked on Yahoo!, like he fell, for example, in Yahoo is Isaiah McKenzie on Buffalo. I get it. He's an explosive offense. I understand that, but I I don't know. I mean, I guess he could be value here in the 13th round. I just would I don't I don't really know much, I guess, about Isaiah McKenzie in terms of his potential value on your fantasy team. Um I, I what I do know about him, I believe he's a small slot type receiver. Um, but they still have Diggs and Gabriel Davis who are gonna who are gonna want and get a ton of targets this year for Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, I, I look to, you know, the fact that, you know, there's sky high expectations for Josh Allen and this passing offense. I think there is a lot of targets to go around. Obviously, Cole Beasley departed in the offseason. And so that slot role is up for grabs. They did bring in uh, Jameson Crowder, but I'm, I'm you know, so far uh, hasn't looked like he's been able to stay healthy enough to really uh, take, a, take a stranglehold on, on that slot job. So I think it's, you know, it's, it's Isaiah McKenzie's to lose so in round 13 late round late in uh, the the draft i don't mind this um you know you always want to buy lottery tickets on high-powered offenses because those are the ones that you know have the the best potential to pop so i I don't mind it so okay so that's what's going on with isaiah mckenzie he's winning the slot receiver against crowder right now because i haven't read much about that so that's that's definitely interesting and yahoo must really be buying into that because like i said every time i looked the guy was top of top of the list and he just kept falling and falling and falling and I guess he is good value. I mean, if he's playing starting at the slot receiver for Buffalo, I mean, probably not a bad pick here in round 13. And the last round we are going to cover, guys, is going to be round 14. I took another rookie wide receiver. I took Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. He's been blowing it up at camp. Him and Matt Ryan seem to have a really good connection. Um, I just think this Indianapolis Colts, Colts team, like you mentioned with Buffalo, I think Indianapolis is going to be very explosive on offense this year. It's not going to be the same same offense you saw last year with they're just going to run 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 Jonathan Taylor still very good value obviously however Matt Ryan brings a whole new dimension um into uh into that uh, offense for the Indianapolis Colts um so I do not mind taking a flyer on Alec Pierce here um however I'm going to have to drop somebody because I don't have a kicker I never draft a kicker I always pick a kicker up right before um, I, and I need to I need to figure that out quick because I have a lot of good bench players that I don't want to drop. Um, but unfortunately, I may have to be forced to drop Alec Pierce um, to start the season because I'm going to need a kicker. Um, John Dotson going in this round is a good little lottery pick as well. Uh, Joshua Palmer, I do like in terms of if one of the Mike Williams or Keenan Allen goes down again, he's in an explosive offense on the Chargers. Why not take a shot um, there? Isaiah Spiller, I think he's got all the talent in the world. He just is a little bit scary for me right now. That running back room in, in L.A. is extremely crowded. Um, he's really going to have to play well uh, to carve himself a role, a weekly role, I should say, in that Chargers offense. 
Yeah, I mean, th- this late JP, there's not you know not much that I, I think is a is a fade. Um, yeah. Uh, the other the other young receiver here that um, that I like uh, this late as a end game pick is is Jalen Tolbert uh, of the Cowboys. Uh, you know, there's obviously going to be um, uh, some games missed for for Michael Gallup, uh, and so I think you know without much behind uh, CD Lamb on the on the depth chart with Amari uh, Cooper uh, off to Cleveland. I think there's a lot of opportunity to um, uh, to give him a, a Tolbert a good shot there. I know there's been a lot of talk about, um, you know, uh, lighting up uh, uh, Tony Pollard in the slot and, and, and you yeah. know, uh, everybody likes it's trendy to, to say, hey, how do we use, uh, uh, you know, these guys like uh, like Debo? Right. Uh, so I think there's some some uh, some credence to that. But uh, Tolbert's a nice, uh, nice young talent that I, I think could, uh, you know, could get a, a good amount of uh, target share for the Cowboys early on, as we obviously expect uh, Dak and company to, to, to be chucking it a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think Cowboys too explosive offense as well. Um, Tolbert, I agree. There is a great pick here in the 14th round, especially early on in the season with Gallup um, starting on the pup list. So Ray, man, this has been, you know, this has been a great, great, great. <laughs> This has been a great show. Um, I, I enjoyed, you know, spitballing these these players with you. Um, to those guys in my league that are listening, just bring it. All right, I'm coming for all of you guys. Um, I do like my team. I think my team is very good. However, um, I'm vulnerable with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he goes down to trouble. Uh, I do like a lot of these teams. Again, this league is always always very competitive, um, and my obviously my favorite league, but also my biggest headache of the league because. As soon as we, let's put it this way, Ray, these guys set alarms on their cell phones to wake up early enough to get guys off the waiver wire as soon as they, you know, hit that waiver wire here in the East Coast. So um, it's going to be an interesting year, right? Again, man, this has been awesome. I'm hoping to get you on the show again um, as we move forward. Um, to everyone that's listening, make sure that you are on my Twitter at JP Sticko. It's extremely important because we are about to really start ramping up um, daily fantasy sports type coverage in terms of you know, um, start and sits. Now, obviously I'm not going to cover the daily fantasy in terms of, you know, who's a bargain by blah, 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 blah. But I will, you know, answer all start and sit questions for your redraft leagues, your dynasty leagues, all those leagues, um, that you may be involved with. So make sure you're on Twitter because that's where I can get the questions so I can answer them for you live here. And Ray, if you don't mind once a week, why don't we, we set something up? I think it will be really cool to cover, you know, uh, and talk about what you're writing about and kind of translate that um, on here on this podcast. Yeah, thanks, JP. That was a blast. Uh, thanks so much for having me on. And uh, yeah, just uh, keep an eye out on sportsethos.com for uh, my PPR ADP watch article that'll be coming out um, um, that'll have a free preview. And then obviously uh, for our loyal subscribers, uh, full access. Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks so much. Uh, good luck, everyone, in your uh, in your drafts this week. Yeah, Ray, why don't you shout out your uh, your Twitter, Twitter, Twitter handle too? Sh- Sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm at Ray W Lin, L I N. Yep. All right, Ray man, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, everyone out there, have a great, fantastic, magical, chill Sunday. We're right around the corner. NFL season. I could smell it. We're right here. It was a good college night last night. Um, I won some money on the Vanderbilt game. So let's keep that rolling into the NFL season. Ray, have a great rest of your day, everyone out there. Peace, love, and fantasy football.